Hello and welcome to Off The Mat, the weekly Racing New South Wales podcast where we talk speed maps for Saturday's races in Sydney. My name is Brad Gray and each and every week I'm joined by Racing New South Wales betting steward Lee Dalton who spends hours upon hours putting these speed maps together for not only the punters but also the stewards. They use them as a reference point and so do trainers and a lot of the jockeys. They're a terrific tool. Now Lee, welcome back. We've got Epsom Day to cover this week featuring three Group 1s. Good morning, Brad. It's a big day of racing. I suppose a few years back in the, a pre-Everest life, this was sort of the, the pinnacle of the Sydney Autumn Carnival, the Epsom and the Metrop, but we've now stretched our carnival a little bit further and obviously the crowning jewel is the Everest, but take nothing away from this moment tomorrow. It's outstanding. Uh, the two big features have held up enormous. That's uh, fine weather and we also have the, the baby step out for the first time, the two-year-old, so that always creates a lot of interest amongst the punters and looking towards Magic Millions and Golden Slippers. So uh, the, the race day's got something for everybody. I imagine this week would have been particularly head-scratching for someone like yourself trying to map where a lot of these horses could potentially settle. Not only have you got capacity fields in your group, in your group one races, your Metrop and your Epsom, but, yeah, as you say, these two-year-olds, you're just going off barrier trials. It's very tricky. You need to work a lot on um, sort of the past history of the stables and what their intent is early on. And uh, we all know Sydney's premier trainer, Chris Waller, doesn't like to push those horses very early. If they've got natural speed, he'll use it. But as a rule, it's a gently, gently approach with these two-year-olds. And we see he does have a uh, one in uh, the Jim Crack Authentic Jewel. And you'd imagine from Barrier 9, it'll be pretty pretty soft early on whereas you have a stable like gay and gay waterhouse and adrian bot it's always go 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 that get them up and running so that's a little bit of what you work off as well sort of try and put yourself in the trainer's shoes and look back on what's happened previously and hopefully get us somewhere near the mark that's the aim if you are listening to this uh, and you want a reference point the maps we're using you can get off the racing new south wales website just so just click on the randwick meeting and up the top there's a pdf and you can download that print them out and away you go we're going to start in race one here uh discharged is your early favorite and you can see why because a lot of it comes down to the map here he looks to get a pretty cozy time out in front very soft time for discharge uh, barrier two nash creeps up to the 60 kilos but that'll be irrelevant You'll see on my map I've put Bet Your Flying going forward. There just doesn't appear any pressure here, and I thought the Wallace Stable might send Bet Flying forward from that wide draw. Uh, did roll forward at Flemington back on Anzac Day of this year and won a race over 1,700, so at a tactical speed. Also been informed by the John O'Shea Stable this morning that uh, Opta City will be rolling forward that wider draw, providing that uh, he begins well. So that's the asterisk there, providing jumps well will roll forward. The option will be there for Hugh Bowman, but very little pressure. Test of shadow, we know. Barrier one, bang right there. Uh, Chinkla Day, a horse that I know you've always had a, a bit of an opinion of. Change of tactics last time to be further forward. Began awkwardly. You'd imagine the intent there tomorrow is to be positive again, providing can step away from the machine cleanly. Yeah, I had a, an opinion of him until last start. Jeez, he let me down. He was disappointing, but he's the type of horse that could certainly bounce back i think that map is pretty straightforward and you've nailed it there we'll wait uh, to see what happens with chris waller in terms of betcha flying he'll make an announcement to you guys and that'll be available on the on the stewards twitter account there racing new south wales stewards uh because if it does go forward he'll make that known race two yeah. uh, you've got the gym crack stakes this is of course for the two-year-old fillies over the thousand meters and they look like they'll run along here Yes, both the two-year-olds I've put down as a fast tempo, but this is by far and away the faster of the two divisions, the fillies. 
Uh, we've got Lee Curtis with a pair who absolutely fly. fly. Uh, I think they're your leading pair. Um, Miss Hoff goes forward, I'd imagine, number nine from uh, the Waterhouse stable. Then you've got another Waterhouse runner in total, Babe, who can kick up from a good draw. Ensar, the very popular elect, uh, I would imagine lands right in the speed here, running no worse than third, fourth, fifth. Uh, so... It's obviously the popular one in the market that everyone will be looking at and appears to get the perfect run just behind that leading trio. Yeah, it's a very skinny uh, price favourite at the moment, Enthar for, for Kira Mara and, and David Eustace, but it's easy to see why. She was ultra-impressive in that trial when she just showed everything that you want to see, didn't she? She was professional, she bounced, she settled, she showed acceleration, her action looked outstanding, uh, and she ran time on the day. So she's hard to knock, and if you've got her landing just in behind the speed here, uh, you can see why the punters are rallying. Absolutely. Uh, in my time in Sydney, which is coming up to five years, that would be the best I've seen a two-year-old trial at this time of the year. So um, obviously we're dealing with real sort of still immature, but uh, she does everything right, and I was really taken by the trial, as good as I've seen, so uh, expect she'll back it up tomorrow on race day. All right, jumping across now to race three. This is for the Colts and the Geldings. The Breeders' Plate, 1,000 metres. How does this one look to, to, to play out? Look, I think Kalishnikov will get across OK here. Uh, obviously, Peter Snowden and Paul Snowden and, and James Harron and his crew have had terrific success with the two-year-olds, and... Uh, began really well in the trial, was able to work across there and won very easily. The time was, it was satisfactory. I think it'll come across. Uh, Morris, me dad, uh, Bjorn Baker, Rachel King, that's a leading on-pace sort of uh, team, if ever there is one. I'd imagine it's ridden really positively and possibly holds the lead early from Kalishnikov. Uh, you've got Alma Hero slides forward. Uh, even Shakira down the bottom for Chris Waller drawn in five uh, showed good gate speed up at the Gold Coast although we mentioned only a moment ago that Waller doesn't push those two-year-olds early this can land there by default position just behind the speed Yeah, he's an interesting one because with most of these two-year-olds they generally trial against each other you get a good line in terms of where they sit ability-wise off running against one another and the times on the day but Shakira he buried tried at the Gold Coast, and he looked to do it quite well. Absolutely, and I wonder if it's just an educational uh, thing to throw the horse on a truck and send up to the Gold Coast, different surroundings, get away from the Rose Hill base or wherever Chris prepares those two-year-olds, and maybe to try and just get the maturity into this fella. Obviously, there's a Queensland connection there too, I think, through Divine Heart one of the owners, I believe they're a Queensland company so maybe the early on they were going to kick off in Queensland and there was a change but I, I don't know it's all speculative but definitely looks to have uh, reasonable ability and capable of using the good draw to be handy Yeah, Chris Waller's trained two of the past three winners of the Breeders' Plate as well so certainly take note of that. The other one I'll ask you a bit in this race before we move on is a horse like Construct, so he jumped from a wide draw in his trial, was jagged right back and came to the outside and hit the right, the line really well. He's drawn barrier two here. How do you put a horse like this into a map? Because off what we've seen, he gets back. But I think it was purely where he drew that time. Yes, absolutely. But then you also look at the trial and you say, well, you're suited to running on. We know that works. Uh, so do you, you go away from what you know works and bang him up on the speed. I went somewhere in the middle. I said midfield getting a soft run, I thought. Uh, both Construct and Astrologer 
from the same stable as the one we spoke about before, Kalishnikov, I think they can land sort of two and three pairs back just biding their time and working into the race around the turn and being strong late. They, they look the pet that are going to be stronger late more than anything else. Yeah, well, a lot of those two races are, are run on fear, aren't they? All right, moving across now to the Hill Stakes, 2,000 metres. There doesn't look a great deal of pressure here for Just Thinking, who was scratched from the Epsom with this as the preference, and you can probably see why. Uh, they've probably looked at these speed maps, Waterhouse and, and Adrian Bott, and thought, well, he's probably every chance in a race like this. Especially once Chris Waller made the announcement on Wednesday that Finch and Very Elegant would travel to Melbourne. So that really opened the door up for just thinking to probably take control of this race and be very, very tough to beat. In regards to any pressure on Just Thinking, I thought possibly Sir Charles Road rolls forward from Barrier 7 and comes across, takes up that outside lead position. If not, maybe a horse like Think It Over could roll forward. But I do recall Think It Over being back from last prep around Canterbury when Flow to begin the short price favourite. Colding, who is racing absolutely outstandingly, recaptured all that old form in the past couple of starts, been able to take up forward positions on those occasions. And I'm sure here at 2,000 metres, James McDonald will have Colding Park right in behind the leader within striking range. OK, and as far as a horse like Avilius, he gets the shades on for the first time, which is a little bit unusual. Given his age, does that spark him up at all? Uh, I didn't think so. Blinker's first time. Uh, look, he's pretty set in his ways, Avilius, at seven-year-old most of the bar. Does have a nice mid-draw, but I still thought it would be certainly midfield or, or worse in this Uh didn't really think we'd ever see Avilius punching up, taking on the leaders or anything like that. But who's to say James Cummings is um, uh, proving himself a master at sort of 31, 32 years of age. So you couldn't possibly question anything that he's doing. And, uh, yeah, so stand by. There could be a change. But for me, at this stage, definitely a bit field or worse. So he finds the back of Fierce Impact, who's the favourite in the race. He probably That's just settles midfield, doesn't he? I think so, and that's a logical play. You want to be within striking range of Fierce Impact, uh, especially probably at the 2,000 metres where Fierce Impact may be a little bit more vulnerable. We know what a, an outstanding mile of Fierce Impact is, but 2,000 is not a new beast, but it's a different uh, ballpark to what we've seen in recent times. All right. The next race is the first race where you, not only the first Group 1 on the card, but also the first race that you've pegged as a slow early tempo. You'll note if you look at these maps up the top, uh, you've got a general guide as to how you think these might be run, and often that can change the results, uh, certainly suit certain horses and not suit others. So the flight stakes, slow tempo, which could mean this will be a sprint home. For sure, and I will uh, also make mention, a lot of the time when there's a slow tempo and everyone's aware it's going to be a slow tempo, we might have three or four people that decide, well, if it's slow, I'm going to go forward, and quickly that race turns on its head and becomes a genuine or fast run tempo. So yep. at this point in time, slow. Where do you say a slow tempo when you've got a Waterhouse bot runner engaged? Because they generally do run along at a, a solid tempo, but Vangelic's far from a speed machine, but does lead here. Uh, Joe Valley, who's been flying at the midweeks, I think there's a positive ride today, getting up outside the lead. Did lead all the way at Warwick Farm to Maiden, so not outside uh, of uh, her pattern. Dame Giselle just gets the perfect run again. It's um, She's so bomb-proof, and there's very little that's going to go wrong today or tomorrow as it is. Yeah, Miraval is the one that's a little bit interesting because she's shown some versatility in the past. I know it's early in her career that she can settle just about anywhere. And drawn wide, I did note that Mark Newnham said during the week that there is the potential for her to be a little bit more positively ridden this time. 
Yeah, I struggle to see that myself. Um, Mark's a master of the change of tactics. He, uh, he pulled one off on Wednesday at the Kensington track and got the mucky Darling Diamond, I believe it was called. Uh, when Mark does make these moves, they're in the best interest of the horse every time and he gets results. It was a change of tactics last time. A trip eight in the field of 11 there at the Pheros. I thought go back again because she ran on really well. Um, it's tricky. If you're not last from that barrier, you're almost first. Uh, it's a bit of Ricky Bobby. If you're not last, you're first. <laughs> yeah. or vice versa. Um, so I don't know where Miraval gets if it doesn't actually go all the way back. So definitely one to stand by because that will change the shape of the race without a doubt, especially if Chris Waller has that intent with Go Valley to forward. A lot of punters will have this mat, pretty much pegged as a match race, and we've seen that to be the case in the two lead-ups, Dame Giselle and Hungry Heart. There's been half a length. Uh, winning margin to Dame Giselle both times. She, of course, chases a rare sweep of the Princess series. And the way this race sets up, if it turns into a dash home, she's the one who has the asset of acceleration. So you would think it has to play into her hands. For sure. I suppose 1,600 is a different beast. You can sort of bracket your races. Uh, 1,200, 1,400 sort of come together and 16 to 18 roll into one. So... Maybe at 1,600 we're going to see something a little bit different. Like a race like Spring Champion often used to throw up a result. You'd have the dominant one there who'd been dominating at a mile and then get to 2,000 and along comes the blouser who's been looking for the 2,000 all the time. So sort of buyer beware a little bit there for sure, I think, in stamping this a two-horse race. Yeah, tactically it's going to be fascinating to see how J-Mac and, and Tommy Berry positions themselves in the run. Moving across now to the Premier Stakes, I don't think there's much doubt as to who leads here. Nature Strip rolling along out in front. Doing whatever Nature Strip wants to do, and I think it's in Nature Strip's best interest to actually roll along. But I have to say an average tempo, because no-one's going to be going up and putting pressure on Nature Strip as there was first up, where you had ball and muscle on those faster-style horses. You actually struggle here to find the next line, and obviously Fasika has rolled forward in the past. So from the good draw, I have to put Fasika there. Libertini, who's been trolling, absolutely enormous. So I wouldn't imagine that uh, she'll be much further back than third or fourth. And Classic Legend, I thought, had the most tactical speed of the remainder, who could really put himself into the right early and not be giving away a gigantic start to nature strip here. Yeah, that's the key for those punters out there who are probably keen on the chances of Classic Legend. They may look at Barrier 7 and think, well, he's going to be giving away a big start, but it's probably in Karen's best interest to at least use him up a little bit early because this field is likely to bust up. There looks to be three or four designated backmarkers and there just might be a spot for him to settle forth. I think there will be. I think that they'll open up really quickly this race and... Uh, yeah, I'd imagine Classic Legends got uh, Nature Strip excites all the way here. And, gee, that was such a good win first up. I'm really taken by the horse. I wasn't prior to uh, the shorts. And after the shorts, I've just been a Classic Legend cheerleader without a shadow of a doubt. You're but a believer. I'm, I am now. I'm so impressed. But even when Les comes out and says what he says after the race, generally Les don't say anything. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you've got to take notice. Alrighty. Fasika is an interesting runner in this because I hark back to the all-age stakes where she probably ran a PB uh, and she got a similar setup. It was a frantically run race. She just sat in a lovely trail and, and proved tough at the finish and I think that's a good setup for her. I think so. Um, definitely dragging along there behind Nate the Strip. I, I, I don't know what to make of the first up run, to be honest. Uh, um, 
I'd say jury's out a little bit today on for speaker and um, whether that uh, form of the Phillies and Mares races from the autumn's really going to be that, that strong going forth. But she does land in a very good spot. Yep, and her Randwick record is certainly a lot better than her Rose Hill record. All right, Tab, Epsom time, uh, Group 1 mile. Interesting enough here, there doesn't look to be a lot of speed on paper. Now, when you say that, as you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier in the show, sometimes that means there is a lot more pressure. But occasionally we can see a race like this being dominated by on speed. I only have to go back to Dreamforce and Brutal fighting out the finish in a recent Doncaster. Absolutely, and uh, I think we talk about it every year when we map the Golden Slipper and we do this show. Uh, going back to uh, Brenton Abdullah won the Slipper a few years back for Team Hawks, uh, SDGAR, it was called, and he drew outside that it was going to be a Golden Slipper. They were going to go hard. There was going to be so much speed on it. It was going to be impossible. They'd gone 150, and Abdullah had just waltzed across to the front and controlled the race, so... Uh, a lot of the times where it looks like they're going to go mad, they don't. And a lot of times where it looks like there's limited speed, they end up going helter-skelter. So, look, I do really envisage this being an average tempo, though. Uh, I mapped Reloaded in front to start with, based on Reloaded's uh, Randwick Guineas run back in the, the, the autumn when Leadon was only beaten at length by Chef Hero here over a Randwick mile. Obviously, Reloaded's now scratched, so... It leaves Riadini as the only possible leader, and that was why I was trying to find something because everyone should have in their head: well, if we hand up to a, a Waterhouse runner in a, in a big Randwick mile, we're not going to get past it. So uh, you, you have to think that there's going to be some level of pressure there, but I struggle to find it. Mm, Fun Star is an interesting one because Glenn Boss came out straight after the barrier draw and said it's not an issue having drawn the car park. I'm just going to fire her out and put her somewhere on speed. So he's already shown his hand a little bit. And as we spoke about before we came on air, Probable potentially thinks, well, Karen McAvoy thinks, do I just follow it across and hope to slot in somewhere? That's probably the play. Like We obviously know Chris Waller's pattern very well and wide draws generally mean right... Uh, we saw that with uh, Funstar back in the Queen's Perth when went back off the draw. Uh, look, if they go forward, I suppose you have to go forward because he's not going to be in a, in a big uh, group one mile like this, 52.5 kilos again most likely. So it is the day to roll the dice if you are going to. And, yeah, if they do, I suppose it, then Kieran has to make the next move. If Bossy says bang, well, he's going to say bang, bang and sort of, roll with but it's definitely going to be an interesting race you you, you have to probably lean towards those horses and get the soft runs just behind the speed by Brandon Bird Wild Bunnett Star of the Seas they're your real map horses Mr Seawolf as he was last time and uh, had the perfect run winning the Chelmsford for me they're the ones that are most advantaged in this race yeah, interesting enough, Funstar, the last two times she's won she's led as well so I certainly think that'll be in the back of their mind but as far as looking at this race those who are going to get right out the back are probably look to be at least some disadvantage. I believe so. Your horses like Rock, Barnett Girl, uh, Natoya, who are going to get well back, and they are stamped get-back horses. I don't really think there's another option there for those runners. So they're going to be up against it on what we see on paper now. What can actually occur come race time once the gates open can be a different story and they could play into their hands. But all you can work with at the minute is what may happen. All right, moving across now to the Metrop, uh, Group 1 staying feature over the 2,400 metres. How do you see the pace in this race setting up? Uh, genuine for sure. We've got Wugok there who can work across and take up the lead. 
Norway, who's now going to start drawn very wide, uh, works across and probably takes up the OSL spot. The blinkers go back on, 50.5 kilos. Hush Rider tucks in behind. Attention runs, got the soft draw. Edda James can be handy. And uh, like earlier today, we've heard from John O'Shea earlier this morning, and he's going to give the rider, Rachel King, the option if Rondonella steps from the machine to be a lot more handy to the speed than what we've been in three runs back this time in. If anyone out there is wondering what OSL means, outside lead. Outside lead, yeah, sorry, I'll try and limit the jargon. <laughs> Alrighty, um, apart from that, can you see any other curveballs potentially going forward, or it looks pretty rubber stamped? Maybe a horse like Angel of Truth, who we've seen in the past roll along and, and win races? We have, in a different stable. Uh, obviously, the Hawks team take a different approach, and uh, I thought possibly just settle around off pace, forward to midfield, but definitely not contesting the speed. Uh, we could see Miss Sentimental go forward here. Blinkers go back on again. If we go back to the uh, New Zealand Oak, which won a long time ago, uh, was able to race handy to the speed that day. So Dawn 17, maybe they roll forward to try and offset the barrier. I think the favourite mugger too just gets the absolute PR, the perfect run. Midfield doing no work and the, the genuine enough tempo for him to show that acceleration. But he really has got the turn of foot, which is going to be an edge here, probably off the average tempo. I think it does set up really well for him. Yeah, Kerry McEvoy just said out said throughout the week that it's just a matter of him getting getting the horse to settle because, as we know, he's got that explosive turn of foot. Before I let you go, we'll really quickly touch on race nine here. Uh, a theory is a horse that won really impressively last start, and she maps to get a pretty similar run here from a low draw. Perfect run, and there looks to be a fast tempo on paper. We've got the Melbourne visitor, Music Edition, and uh, Music Edition's one that led around Caulfield last time. It ran well. Uh, before that, led on the Pakenham uh, synthetic track. Drops down in weight significantly as well and gets Nashville Willow, so that all points to let's go right forward. Burning Crown, I'd expect a lot closer here. Uh, gets Tim Clark on after running in the hurricane there at Newcastle on Cup Day and a little bit awkward to begin and then got back from a wide draw. Burning Crown's best go is to get right up on the speed. Handle the Truth, I assume, goes forward here first up. Uh, got the apprentice rider on. Uh, even Stella Paul Lane's a horse that did show good speed as a two-year-old uh, and I wouldn't be shocked if it was a lot closer with 52 kilos taking on the older ones here. So that speed and then you've got a theory parked off pace getting a perfect run and going to have last crack at Alrighty, that sees us out. If you're having a punt there at Randwick on Saturday, best of luck. Uh, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Thanks for your time, Lee. Absolutely. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, listeners.